Zorba Pastor on Your Health is pre-recorded. From Buck Studio at Wisconsin Public Radio, this is Zorba Pastor on Your Health. I'm Carl Christensen, and I'm here with family doc Zorba Pastor. We'll spend the next hour with you in our virtual doctor's office, although actually we're missing that doctor who makes you wait forever, you know? But that's not you, Zorba, right? You were, no, not at You'd at never make us wait. No, You're right no. here, never, right on time. Never, never, On never the dot, right. ready to go. We'll talk healthy living. We'll walk through a healthy recipe. We'll get to some of your phone calls and emails and a few of your voicemails as well. If you have a question for the good doc, the number to call anytime is 800-462-7413. And along with those calls, we'll discuss a few healthy living topics, Zorba. Well, renting versus owning your place. And does that make a difference in your health? Some interesting data that shows that whether or not you own a place or rent a place may affect your biological aging. And then bacteria in daycare, mm. if there's too much bacteria, does that actually encourage your kids to get asthma? So are there some issues with daycare that we have to address in terms of daycare cleanliness? That's really what it's about. That sounds interesting. And what is the special guest chef recipe? Kung Pao meatballs. It is a Ooh. great recipe. I love good food. I love it when it's hot, when it's spicy, when it's good. And yeah. this recipe is wonderful, and it's a wonderful guest recipe. That sounds fantastic. All right, to the phones we go at 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. Let's go to a caller now in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. Hi. Hello. Uh, my question relates to osteoarthritis. Uh, I'm 60, and I've been experiencing uh, osteoarthritis in my large thumb joints for over five years now. And I love to fish, and I also collect and play obscure musical instruments, so grip and dexterity are really important to my lifestyle. Wait, wait, wait a minute. What is an obscure musical instrument? Well, it is an electric mandolin, electric octave mandolin, or an electric mandola. Mm. Electric mandola. What's a mandola? Right. What's well, I know the first like, two. I've got the violin, the viola, and the cello. It's it's kind of in between a mandolin and an octave mandolin. Oh, so, that sounds really cool. Oh, this this you, is a guy who into... couldn't figure out how to play guitar. Life would have been a whole lot simpler <laughs> if I could have. Hey, <laughs> do you have one right there? Can you can we hear the mandola? I don't have one oh, right here, right. but I have I own over thirty of them. But they're and that's part of the problem. We built another house partly to house all my instruments. So, <laughs> so I better get the sand thing figured out. So wait a minute, you. Build Built a house to house the instruments. Now that's what I call instrument sensitive. That the instruments essentially <laughs> it's, it's led a, the way. It's a long winter up here in Rhinelander. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. I've been up there in the summer, but not in the winter. So the yes. summer's about two days long, and I think we're about <laughs> done with it. <laughs> so, uh, so tell me a bit about your osteoarthritis. Well, I started. I retired at fifty-six, mm-hmm. and I used to do a lot of keyboard work, and my hands were great when I retired. Okay. And what did you do for a living when you retired? 56, young age. Yeah, well, I worked for a major equipment manufacturer. I was mm-hmm. kind of like in uh, marketing and pricing and strategy. Um, so my hands were great when I retired, and I started noticing pain in the large thumb joint where the, where the hum, thumb meets the hand, mostly left hand. That's both hands, and that's actually the same kind of thing going on in one foot. Mm-hmm. And x-rays just show that cartilage is you know, wearing away, right. age-related. Right. Uh, so you've noticed it at 60 years of age, and what does it bother you the most? Is it all day, at nighttime? Um, it's really uh, activated with certain activities. I love to fish, and that an activity like where I'm gripping mm-hmm. with sure. my hand, or if I try to, let's say, if I took a heavy book off of a shelf, mm-hmm. okay. where you have a, right. a, a grip motion, Grip motion with a spine, a heavy book, yes. large yes. book when you're trying to grip, yeah, very, right. yeah it can be, right. just be an issue. So what about playing the instrument? Does it affect your playing? It's starting to. It's starting um, to, okay. Got I it. use it as an excuse Got for it. bad playing, but you know, that's going to wear out. <laughs> these days. That'll only last for so long. <laughs> that only lasts for so long. And there are some who might consider my arthritis a blessing. I don't know. I don't. But, um, <laughs> but it's, it is starting to affect. Oh, no, no, like, it does affect things. What are you taking for it? Are you taking any over-the-counter ibuprofen or naproxen? Um, what's actually helped me the most has been the diclofenac tablet, the 
Voltaren tablet. Mm-hmm. I don't take it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, what I, my question mm-hmm. kind of relates mm-hmm. to a fork in the road that I'm at because I've seen a really good hand surgeon in Milwaukee, and I've investigated surgery for this. If it gets severe enough, but it's not a minor process. No, it is not. It is not a minor process, and by no means does it guarantee you're going to be that much better. I mean, so you've got to really be at the extreme before you sort of have that type of surgery. And when I say extreme, well, you've tried everything else to see what you can do. So I've got a couple of suggestions. So first yeah. of all, go. You can now get over-the-counter Voltaren gel. Yeah. So it's a gel. And you use it two to three or even four times a day. And the gel can get into the joint and you're not taking Voltaren in your body with the side effects of a Voltaren pill. And I would take the gel and I would use that and see what it does. It might be that the Voltaren gel is going to buy you some time. It might buy you a lot of time. That's one thing. The next thing, there are wrist they're wrist splints, but they're not splints. What they are is they're sort of elastic things that go over the wrist and pull the wrist together. And what they do is they simply produce some proprioception within the wrist that makes it feel better. Yeah. And it can be very, very useful. Yeah, I, I do have those, and they certainly do help. One thing I've tried, and it was at the uh, suggestion of a podiatrist because my foot had really flared up, and, and looking at x-ray, it's the same type of thing in that joint was I did a course of prednisone. Mm-hmm. and uh, Well, you can do that occasionally, but you can't do it too much. Well, but, that's, that's my question because uh, it's been suggested, you know, go on a low dose of prednisone no, kind of as a maintenance dose. No, what? not do it. Should not Don't do, do it. Don't do that? Do not do it. Nope. You run a risk of, uh, later on, you run a risk of osteoporosis and hip fractures. Absolutely okay. not. You do not go on a low dose of prednisone on a regular basis. Yeah. Now, you could take Voltaren, on a regular basis. You can take, you know, naproxen, over-the-counter naproxen, two tablets twice a day on a regular basis. A lot of people do that. You get kidney function tests once a year, and you might tolerate that. That you can take. But low-dose prednisone, uh-uh, absolutely not. Occasionally for a flare, yes, but every time you use it, you run a risk of osteoporosis. So, no, you don't want to do that. Okay. So, once again, I would try the Voltaren gel. Mm-hmm. I would take over the counter, I would take either Voltaren twice a day, see if that works, or a low dose ibuprofen, maybe 200 to 400 milligrams twice a day, or one leave tablet twice a day. I would do that before I would do surgery. To me, surgery on the hand may, may have a good success rate, and surgeons always have a good success rate. That's what they say. Yeah. And many of them do. If they do a lot of them, they do have a good success rate. However, once you go in there and you put something in there, you still may not be the one who had the good success. So I would try everything else before that. I think of surgery as the last step of anything in the hand where you go, gee, I just can't deal with this anymore. Right. I'm, really over the, I'm really over the top. That's when you have the surgery. Okay. Well, the Voltaren tablets seem to work better than anything. I have tried the gel, but I haven't done it consistently. Got to do it three to four times a day. It okay. really works, but it's got it's to be quite often. So what you do, it's not expensive. I mean, it really is, is cheap compared to what it is. Put yeah. some in your car, your knapsack, and just in the morning, put some on, in the evening, put some on, and during the day, put it on two or three times. So that absorbs into the joint. It's a very good, it's a very good medication that may work. And if you just do it three or four times a day, and if it works for you, you've got uh, something that isn't internal that may give you some space here. Uh, unfortunately, uh, osteoarthritis tends to be a progressive disease. I wish it weren't, yeah, but it is. And yep. Yep. so, how? What are you going to do with the instruments? Uh, hopefully, play them. <laughs> <laughs> Carl wants to hear it because really Carl's a band guy. That. Yeah, he wants to hear it. That's right. He's going to call you back so we can put you on the show. Call us back and, and have one ready, and we yeah, can hear that. I'd love exactly to hear that. <laughs> Why well, I, I have a whole entire room of them, so. Yeah, well, he... Can you play them all at the same time? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that's House on the Rock. Okay, that's right. <laughs> oh, that, you know, that, yeah, that's, I've been there. That's the sensory overload. Oh, yeah, that's it's right. a trip. Thank all you. Right. Thanks Thanks for sharing that. Let us know what happens. Try okay, that three advice. or four Thanks times. so much, guys. You yeah, thanks care. for the call. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, before we get back to any voicemails or calls, let's do our first topic. So this is interesting new research here. Renting rather than owning a home 
is linked to faster aging, well, biological aging? Kind of an interesting thing. So you've rented. I mean, sure. now you own a place. Right, now so I do. So what were the places like that you rented? Oh, they were. There was a whole cornucopia of Cornucopia, uh, <laughs> yeah. Of, but some, of were apartments. Be, some were better than others. Of course, right? yeah. Some you were know? rough, some I mean, were okay. Yeah, some were rough, some were. Yeah, but you it's had all no part con- of the deal. But you had no control over what you had. If something was wrong in the apartment, you might call the landlord and they might fix it or not fix it, mm-hmm. right? Right. You know, so it's a complicated issue. We had one had bats. We had an apartment. This is in college. We had an yeah. apartment that had so many bats flying through the so basement. So many bats? Yeah. Just flying in the basement? Several bats flying all around the basement. My roommate actually had his bedroom down there, and it's where our band actually practiced. And so we called our landlord, I should say our slumlord, and he, his first answer to us about that was, oh, well, it's bat season. <laughs> so he showed up like you it's know a week season. a week later <laughs> with like a big bag of mothballs and just dumped mothballs all over the basement oh. and it just stunk up the entire house oh. and that was his solution. That was his solution. Yeah. So not only bats, but he may have gotten rid of you. He almost he did the next year. Yeah. For sure. exactly Anyways, it. yeah, a lot it's of variety. Bat, it's bat season. It's just bat season. It's just no big deal. Season. Deal with it. <laughs> That's what I deal with that. But this is an interesting, you know, it's from the BMJ Journal of Epidemiology and Community Health. And it looked at renting a private home, particular thing, renting a private home versus actually owning a home and what the effects were. And it appeared that there were physical effects of renting, mental effects, cold, mold, crowding that are really, when you rent, tend to be more common when you rent than when you actually own And what they did was they looked at basically epigenetic information. It's basically how your genes actually express yourself. And according to the particular longitudinal study, it looked like you were twice as likely to have some biological aging based on their DNA analysis if you were renting. But once you actually owned a home, it appeared that things got better. Hmm. But I, th- I the study is an interesting study. It really doesn't show that renting, you're going to get older quicker when you rent. But I think it shows that the environment that you live in can make a difference. So here it is. You gave an example of you're not going to live in that house forever. It's in college. But you may not be able to afford a better place. Mm-hmm. And so you're in a place that has mold mm-hmm. and you can't do anything about it. Or you're by a busy street you know, you're renting by a busy street and there's fumes from there from diesel trucks. And we know, for instance, that the fumes from diesel trucks can make a big difference, especially with children growing up. Mm-hmm. So I think this once again says your environment and where you live really matters. Now, you live in a house. Right. Yeah, you got a couple kids, right? Mm-hmm. Don't you do things around the house to make it look nicer? Yeah, we're actually right now having a, uh, adding a, like a sunroom, having a, an addition, an addition, a renovation. Why? Yeah. More space. We're running out of room. Our kids are getting bigger. Uh-huh. Our house isn't huge. Uh-huh. So we're uh-huh. just... Uh, so you want more space. So why do you want more space? Just to stretch out more. And... Stretch out more. <laughs> no, but that's part of your living. It is. You want more space because you feel you're going to feel better. It yeah. may be less stressful. The kids, you know, the, you know, you have, the kids are getting bigger and you need more space and right. you want to do things. So that environment then begins to affect your environment, how you interact with your children, how you interact with your wife, it really all fits together. And we tend to ignore those things mm-hmm. that one of the main steps you may want to do is beautify your house. So in your case, you're adding a sunroom, but even if you make something, if you're renting or owning, bringing a plant into a house can make it look better. Taking and painting a room may make you feel better. Uh, taking and cleaning a room that may be really dusty and dirty or shampooing the rugs. All these things affect health, and we tend to ignore them and think about health as just being sort of the Mediterranean diet and exercise. Mm-hmm. And it really isn't. It's also our environment. And that's what this study shows. So renters have more issues than people who own houses. And that may then affect ultimately their biological aging. And that's where the interesting part of this research kind of fits. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. Call anytime. Leave us a voicemail. Let's go to a voicemail now. This is a listener in Knoxville, Tennessee. My question is uh, just about the prostate surgeries, non-cancerous, just uh, reduce the size. And it seems like there's a couple of different options. I'm just curious as to what one he would recommend. Thank you. There are many different options. There's green laser surgery. Uh, there's getting rid of the prostate completely called the TERP, transurethral prostate you know, surgery. You just remove the whole thing. 
Um, there probably are four or five different things that you can do. Uh, and the real question is, what works for that surgeon? That's what you do. So you have a question about it, and you read about it, and you go, well, I think this is better than this one. Then what you do is you go to two different surgeons, and you say, well, you're using green laser. What's the result of that? And then you can make a decision that way. So there's no one that's actually better than the other because they all have effects and they all have side effects and they all have problems. The other question is, have you actually given it a good go with medication? Because people, men get prostate surgery because they get up and go to the washroom too much at night or they're having problems during the daytime. And you want to make sure that you've tried medications such as Flomax and then another drug called Proscar. Proscar, which shrinks the prostate a bit and used in combination with Flomax, another pill. Sometimes that can be quite effective for people. So medically, you want to see if that works first. And if that doesn't work, then you go to the prostate surgery. 800-462-7413. That's one 800 462 Seven four one three. All right, before we take a quick break, Zorba, let's hear from your favorite do-gooders and backseat drivers, <laughs> the Grammar Police. <laughs> And actually, Zorba, this one comes from a division of the Grammar Police we've yet to hear from. I know there's a oh, yeah. lot of divisions. There are a lot of divisions. We've heard so from so many divisions. We do not divisions. know all of the divisions. <laughs> there's a new one. There are yeah. an infinite number of divisions of the Grammar a Police. A new division has surfaced. Yes, surfaced. This is the Chemical Police. Oh, the Chemical Police. Right, that's new, oh, right? I don't God. think I've heard no, of them. Never, never. Okay. In all these years, they've been silent. Silent. <laughs> they, been pick silent. Their that's right. they pick their poison, that's right. right? You bet. They all pick right. their poison. Let's hear a voicemail. This is from a listener in Wisconsin. Oh no, it's the chemical police. Hey, Zorro, I've heard you mention a few times about whether to use a zinc or a chemical sunblock. Well, zinc is a chemical. Anything solid, liquid, or gaseous is a chemical. And Carl, when you mentioned the thing about uh, in Caddyshack, Bill Murray's character eating the baby Ruth bar from the pool, what I recall is people supposedly thought it was Zorba's favorite subject, poop. They thought it was excrement, so they didn't want to stay in the pool. That's why Bill Murray's character figured, hey, it's a candy bar, eat it. And also, as far as uh, just to let, let all of you know, you're doing good work and you're doing it well. Thanks. Thank you. That was, that was, you know, it speaks He covered for a lot in that voicemail. He covered a lot. Well, the chemical police are really good. It's yeah, like one, two, they're three. They're thorough, right? They're thorough. They're chemists. They're thorough. Uh, you know, you know, so the real thing with sunblocker was the fact that zinc is reflecting things. That mm -hmm. was sort of the idea behind it. They're right. little particles of zinc. So they actually reflect it, whereas the other chemical blockers do something completely different. So they're two right. different, two different things. But yes, I, I, I stay corrected. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, and I'm Thank corrected too much. on the, I guess, the, the Caddyshack right. Bill Murray that, that's thing. That's it. Yeah. 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 So yeah, well, he, that's, that's he ate the Baby Ruth. That's right. and, that's yeah. Right. I like a bit. Do you like Baby Ruth? You know, I think maybe every Halloween I try a Baby Ruth and again. And then you go, that's about like, it. There no, you go. I never Just buy. a little mini one is so okay. So what candy bar do you buy when you want to buy a candy bar? I mean, I do buy candy bars. I, I'm a sucker for just a Reese's peanut butter cup. See? Or a Reese's, uh -huh. Reese's Pieces. See? Yeah, that's it. That, uh, <laughs> <laughs> see? Now, I am more I am more Hershey's. I like a Hershey's. Just a straight Hershey's a, guy. Hershey's with almonds. That's what Hershey's. Okay. Or a Kit Kat. Kit okay. Kats are great. How about Brad? What do you like? Let's see what Brad likes. Oh, I really like Twix. Oh, Twix. there we go. I was oh, hoping you you'd call out Twix. <laughs> Twix is great. They are, right. good. they are good. They are good. Speaking of candies, actually, I'm yeah. glad you brought this yeah. up. Do you remember a couple shows ago we were talking about Twinkies and yes. how they would, you know, yeah. survive a nuclear war? <laughs> Wait a minute. So <laughs> I tried to go to the grocery store yeah, this morning and right. get some Twinkies. Did, they didn't even have any Twinkies, but yeah. they have these other little Debbies. These are called, <laughs> you see this? Can you read that? Strawberry Zorba? shortcake rolls with little Debbie. It's close to a Twinkie, right? <laughs> it's it like a Twinkie like with strawberry crap in there. Have um, you had no. one? I've not had one, but yeah. remember the whole thing we were going to do? I do. We were going to do an experiment. Yeah, we can we experiment now with one of these. We were going to leave one in the That's studio right. and see forever. how long it That's lasts. That's how long it actually lasts. That's right, 20 years from now. Now, the question, exactly the, same. Yeah, the question here it is, is it's in this little wrapper. Do right. we open the wrapper? or because You or, mean do we eat it 
Do you eat the cellophane along with the, no. the little Debbie? <laughs> no. I don't think it would taste no, very good. No, for our experiment, when we leave it out in That's the studio, right. should That's it be right. in the wrapper or should it be like exposed to the elements? Oh, exposed to the elements. So we're going to open course. this thing and That's leave right. it open exposed in here and see what happens. And see what happens. Okay, That's I'm opening right. the wrapper. Well, yeah, it. we'll see, we'll see what, what happens. happens. Yeah, it's really good yeah, radio. Yeah, right. It's good we have sensitive microphones for this. That's right. It's Instantly, I got a huge hit of this cream smell. Oh, really? It's just like, I mean, just that's right. Sugar that's bomb. Right. It's a sugar. It smells pretty good. It smells pretty. Yeah, so we'll pretty just good. leave it right no, there. That's how they manufacture it. We'll leave it right and there. And we'll come back. We're going to put a picture we on our website. Good idea. Of how that's there and do that. That's What's it. your guess? Here's the ingredients oh on my the back. What, how many are million, we looking at? What's 50, your guess? 50. It's 47. Oh, you that's a really it? good guess. I 50. counted the ingredients that's in this right. thing. 50 ingredients to make this <laughs> to thing. To make that little Only roll. 47. I was off by I was off by three. <laughs> to make it and look at it. That's right. Little Debbie. Well, Little Debbie was good. She mm -hmm. was an engineer. Was she? Yeah, maybe she right. was a chemist. Little, maybe she was a chemist. <laughs> <laughs> little Debbie the chemist. Uh, all right. You want to join the grammar police? Post on our Facebook page or send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org. All right. More of your calls to come, more listener voicemails, and we'll have a special guest chef on the phone helping us cook up Kung Pao meatballs. That sounds pretty good. All that coming up on Zorba Pastor on your health. Carl Christensen in the studio with Dr. Zorba Pastor on Zorba Pastor on Your Health. The number to call anytime is 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. Call anytime. Leave us a voicemail if you'd like. But Zorba, it's recipe time again. Da -da -da! And this week we're in for quite a treat. Today we have a special guest chef joining in on the fun. Jing Gao is the author of the new cookbook, the Book of Sichuan Chili Crisp, mm. Spicy Recipes and Stories from Fly by Jing's Kitchen. She's a chef and entrepreneur, a renowned expert on Chinese cuisine, who's been featured in the pages of Forbes, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, many, many others. Jing joins us today to share her delicious recipe for Kung Pao meatballs. Jing, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being on the show. So I've been to Chengdu. That's where you originally were. Mm -hmm. from? Yeah, my, that's where I'm from. I was born there. Yeah, yeah my daughter, uh, my daughter-in-law lives outside of the, or lived outside of there, and I think Yibin. I'm not, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It's like two, oh yeah, Yibin. Yes, so, they're famous for this pickled vegetable called Yibin Yatai, which is right. actually like an essential ingredient in dandan noodles and many other dishes. Yeah, so I've been there. I've been to China like two or three times, which is good. But I look amazing. You lived in Germany. Germany and England and Austria because your dad was a nuclear physics professor. That's kind of an interesting, mm -hmm. it must have been an interesting <laughs> life and you could go to different places. And then of course you ended up in the U.S., but quite nice. And then you went to business school in Canada. Yeah. So it was kind of a child, an interesting childhood all over the world. Um, I was born in Chengdu and when I was about five, we moved to Germany and then, you know, different countries after that. We eventually um, settled in Canada where I went to school, uh, high school and college, um, and then um, graduated and started working in, in the corporate world. It was actually a tech job that mm -hmm. brought me to Asia and brought me to China. And that's where I started to, you know, reconnect with my roots, peel back right. some of the layers. Right. And mm -hmm. for me, food became that key vehicle to, to do so and, um, and to, to get closer to my family back home and you know, it really ignited my love for flavor and especially for Sichuan flavor, the flavors of my hometown. So Kung Pao meatballs. So meatballs in Wisconsin would not be Kung Pao meatballs. What would they be, Carl? They'd be, <laughs> be meat-flavored meatballs. They'd be meat-flavored meatballs. <laughs> but meatballs. But meatballs are sort of comfort food. Sure. You know, they're served all over, mm -hmm. and you have some meatballs. They're very common yeah. kind of a food when, whenever you have an event, you know, sure. soccer event, high school event, or anything. We have meatballs, but they won't taste like this. This is a great variation. It'll taste mm -hmm. better. Much better. That's much, that is much better. So let's go through this recipe. 
So we start out with a pound of ground pork, easy to get, um, mm-hmm. half a cup of grated onion, um, a cup of, of torn uh, soft white bread, so any bread that mm-hmm. you might have around the house, you know, that, that might work mm-hmm. out with you, an egg, two garlic cloves, a quarter cup of grated Parmesan cheese. Interesting, I don't think of Kung Pao and Parmesan. So this is very much, um, you know, the meatballs themselves are very inspired by the Italian homestyle mm-hmm. way of making meatballs, right? So, um, yeah, and I, I personally, I love cheese, and um, I love, like, a nice and fluffy Meatball. Mm-hmm. Um, quarter cup of flat leaf parsley, three quarters of a cup kosher salt. Teaspoon Quar- on that teaspoon. one. Oh, I'm sorry. That'd be a lot of salt. Three. <laughs> sorry. Three <laughs> that's all right. Of a that's teaspoon. what I'm here for. <laughs> that's, that's right. You're here to correct it. Uh, three tablespoonfuls of oil. Now, three quarters of a cup of Kung Pao sauce. And I looked in the cookbook, the Kung Pao sauce that you have there. So you make your own Kung Pao sauce, right? Yes. So um, a lot of this book, you know, it's called the Book of Citron Chili Crisps, mm-hmm. but it's not just about chili crisps, right? There's um, all kinds of other condiments that um, become shortcuts to these amazing flavors mm-hmm. of citron. So if you have, you know, the citron pantry and, um, you know, ba- make some of these sauces in advance, uh, then these dishes come together really easily. So the Kung Pao yeah. sauce... Uses, I'm just going to go through it quickly. We'll put it on there. Two tablespoonfuls mm-hmm. of sugar, two tablespoonfuls of chicken stock or water. What? It, how do you pronounce it? Shaoxing wine. Shaoxing so wine. it's a cooking wine from mm-hmm. the Shaoxing region of China, which is in eastern China. Uh-huh. So where you can get that at a typical Asian you grocery store? You can get store? that at any Asian store, So it's yeah. probably been there for years and never realized that. Uh, two <laughs> teaspoons. You know, two teaspoons of light soy sauce, a teaspoon of dark soy sauce. I know the difference. And two tablespoonfuls of black vinegar. So Chinese black vinegar is really special. It's made from like grains and rice, and it's um, it, it's a perfect complement to Chinese flavors. You know, a little bit closer to a balsamic, but not as sweet. Perfect. So uh, to make it, uh, I'm going to go through this. To make the meatballs in a large bowl, add the pork, onion, bread, egg, garlic, cheese, parsley, salt, and pepper. Using your hands, mix it to combine it. Make sure it's a nice, even distribution. Form the meatballs. Fill a small bowl with water. You use to wet your hands as you form the meatballs. That's a great idea. Put your hands in the water because that'll make it much easier. Using your hands, make a golf ball-sized mixture. I've never done that, and my hands are always sticky when I make meatballs, so I'm going (laughs) to use this on there. And then a large cast iron skillet over medium heat, two tablespoonfuls of oil sizzling. Add the meatballs. Cook while turning until brown but not fully cooked, about five minutes. Transfer to a plate. Then in the same large skillet over medium heat, Heat the remaining one tablespoonful of neutral oil. So that would be like a canola oil or something. Is that mm-hmm. what you mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, then mm-hmm. add the meat balls with the Kung Pao sauce. Turn down the heat to low. Simmer for 10 minutes, tossing them occasionally so they're evenly coated. Remove the skillet from the heat. I'm getting hungry. Place it in a serving <laughs> vessel and garnish with sesame seeds or scallions. And store it in an intertight container for up to a week. This looks great. It's got a great picture on there. So it's a wonderful recipe. This is a great cookbook. You do a fabulous job. You really have, you really have outdone oh, yourself. You. How long have you been doing this? <laughs> um, so I was, uh, when I lived in China um, about five years ago, I had a restaurant and I also uh, started Fly by Jing originally as an underground supper club. So I was doing dinner parties, mm-hmm. um, you know, in cities all over the world, actually. And so um, for a couple of years, I was really just traveling and doing events and pop-ups and sharing these flavors that I loved with, with others. And through that process, I realized um, that these flavors were really universal, but people just had no access to them outside of China because the ingredients are so rare and so hard to find outside of China. So um, I wanted to create a way for people to be um, to more easily um, access the the flavors in, a, in an easier format. So um, I started to bottle some of the sauces that I was already making for a lot of my dinners, and um, I started selling them. And uh, about five years ago, moved to the U.S. and 
started uh, an online website where, you know, flybedding.com, where we sold um, our line of sauces, including our hero product, the Citron Chili Crisp. Mm-hmm. And, you know, have grown it since then. We were one of the first modern Asian food companies to launch in the U.S. just a few years ago. Uh-huh. And now um, really just excited to see the whole landscape of flavor change in this country. And um, we're now available in over 5,000 stores all over the U.S. How neat is that? It's a good example of a startup with an idea, something really good that takes over. And Americans love different tastes, and that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, as I say, looks really, really good. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing this, and thanks for bringing more flavor into the United States of America. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you take care. And thanks again. Great recipe. Great book. The book is the book of Szechuan Chili Crisp, and we're going to have this recipe on our website, and I know we're going to get lots of people who are going to download it. We will. It, so. We'll put the link on the website to the book, picture of the Kung Pao meatballs and everything. Jing, thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks right. a lot. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. To get a copy of today's recipe, or you can find out more about Jing Gao's cookbook, The Book of Sichuan Chili Crisp, you can visit us on our website at Zorba at WPR.org. That sounds great. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, let's hear a voicemail now. This is a listener in Wisconsin. Hi, doctors, uh, Pastor. I'd like to donate blood, but I've heard from everybody that because I'm gay, they want nothing to do with me. I've looked at their uh, um, requirements online, and I have been told that they do not want gay uh, donors, which is absurd, but it's the truth. What do you think? Well, it's totally absurd. It is the truth, and it had to do with men who have sex with men and HIV at the beginning of the crisis. And the Red Cross is now in the process of actually changing what they're doing because finally they you know, realize, hey, we can check to see if somebody, has, if somebody is HIV positive. And the fact is that's where it came from. So the answer is it is dumb. They should change it, and they are finally in the process of changing it because there are a lot of gay men who want to actually donate blood, and this has been in place for, I don't know, two decades? Hmm. Two decades too long. Once you can test, and blood is always tested for HIV, and the test is accurate, why let people out of the system when they can actually get blood? So you're right. Silly. Dumb, and I hope they change it. And they're in the process. That's whatever. That's good. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right. Before the break, Zorba, time for the segment where an honest-to-peat doctor unsheathes his (laughs) medical machete, clear-cuts his way through the clickbait, and takes on the mighty, mighty internet. We call this segment Google Doc. All right, Zorba, let's do another voicemail, actually. This is a voicemail from a listener in Terre Haute, Indiana. Wait, hang on. Don't play it yet. Do you know any famous people from Terre Haute, Indiana? No. Uh, Is that a Godzilla? Uh, (laughs) That's a good guess. (laughs) Close. Kurt Rambis. He was an L.A. Laker. Kurt Rambis. He kind of looks like Godzilla with glasses. But I don't know who Kurt Rambis is. He was a not-so-great NBA Uh player Uh from the 80s and 90s. Turned into a coach. Is it Terre Haute or Terre Haute? I thought it was a silent T. I thought it was Terre Haute. No? You know something? Please tell us. (laughs) Please tell us. That's right. We want to pronounce it the right way, and we are not. So go ahead. All All right. right. Let's Let's hear Terre Haute, Indiana. Hi, Dr. Zorba and Carl. I wanted to say hi. I've been listening to your show since I lived in Madison. I I moved from Madison unwillingly uh, years and years ago, and that's where I started listening to you and Tom, Dr. Zorba, and I greatly appreciate your show. Luckily, now I can listen to you online. So I'm calling because now I'm 55 instead of 35, and I have some Achilles tendon recurring issues, and I had gotten the one fixed on the right-hand side, and then I was trying the treadmill again, which I love to run, and um, the other one, you know, now is sore. So I just want to know, is there anything I can do? I don't take anything. I'm not a big vitamin person, but I keep getting these ads on Facebook 
for collagen supplements, and it says that that's good for joints, which I know isn't a tendon. But um, is, is there any evidence, Dr. Zorba, that you can take supplements for tendon health or joint health or any of those things? I'm fit, you know, slim. I bike, swim, you know, love to run. I'm trying to get back into that. So thanks very much. I will listen for your show. And Carl, I'm glad to, I, I've heard you many times. So it's it's nice to see that you'll be taking Tom's place, but we all will miss Tom too. All right. Thank you. Bye. The answer is save your money. There okay. really is no evidence. Save your money. You can eat all the collagen you want to. In fact, the cheapest way to get collagen is go to the butcher and get some bones, mm. make wonderful soup, and then chew on the bones where they have collagen. Wow. I mean, that's one of the things we happen to we happen to do that. My mother had bones. We ate bones and ate the meat off of Did bones. Did you eat bone and, broth as well? That's kind of popular, Well, it was right? in the soup. Okay, sure. It was bone broth, yeah. and we ate it. I have no idea. I don't. I still don't know why she did it. She had bones, and we had vegetables in there. and Use it all. Just, the whole you, hog approach. Don't, well, no, it wasn't hog. It was beef. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was beef. It's it an important distinction, hog, right? It was not hog bones. You could do it with hog bones, too. <laughs> yeah, why not the whole cow approach? But there's no evidence that collagen that you take orally is going to affect you. Uh, but if you have Achilles tendon problems, the real issue is to stretch them correctly, go to a physical therapist or a trainer on how you should do it, whether or not you should actually wear a splint when you're engaging in sports is the issue. And it may be at a certain age that you don't engage in those sports. There is a reason why 55-year-old men and women do not play soccer. Mm. Now, they may occasionally play soccer because in soccer, you're planting and moving and falling. Now, at 15, when you fall and plant and move, you get up. Mm-hmm. But at 55, when you fall and plant and move, you stay down. You plant. And that's right, you plant, <laughs> right. So you got to play to your sport the right way. But no, collagen orally doesn't do anything. All right, there's much more of the show to come. We'll have more of your calls. We'll tackle another interesting health topic and more of your voicemails as well. So stick around. Keep that radio dialed in right here on Zorba Pastor on Your Health from PRX. Christensen in the studio with Dr. Zorba Pastor, and this is Zorba Pastor on your health. The number to call anytime is 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. But before we get back to those phone calls, Zorba, our next topic, we got bacteria at daycare might raise kids' odds for asthma. Right. So uh, your kids, how old are your kids now? They are five and eight. Uh, so they were in daycare. They right? both were in daycare. They bear with, yep. Did they get lots of infections when they were in daycare? Did you ever I feel like at first they that? did, and then mm-hmm. maybe they built up yeah, quite well, an do. immune system yeah, there. Yeah, you do build up. We an did immunity. too, as parents. Yeah. I know yeah. that. Yeah. No, as parents, you get, <laughs> right, as parents, you do that. And yeah. in fact, I remember when I first uh, was in medical school and when I was first doing my residency, if I was on pediatrics, I knew I was going to get sicker because mm-hmm. the kids are cesspools of disease. Petri dishes. That's a petri Tree dishes. That's exactly it. But it may be the bacteria actually in daycare settings itself may be an issue. And this is an article, very interesting article, came out of France uh, and looked at asthma. So they looked at uh, about 500 kids, daycare facilities, and they looked at respiratory symptoms such as wheezing. And they looked at the bacteria in four basic uh, bacteria within it. They vacuumed up bacteria and daycare. So did you do a home daycare or... Uh, they were both daycare facilities, d- yeah, different places. Yeah. And how did it look on the inside? One was definitely better than the other one. And what I was better that. about it? It was cleaner, for it was sure. Cleaner. It was larger. It was cleaner. It, just, it, was it, newer. Was it, was it was newer. It seemed like the, the daycare providers were happier overall. Uh, well, it, was, it was a different that, experience, that's, for sure. That's, that's an important point, you know, with, certainly with the daycare providers. But it may have also been, been cleaner. And so the question is, with the bacteria Streptococcus and Lactococcus, which were dominant in a couple of daycare centers where it appeared that children were wheezing more. 
And so the question was, is the daycare facility causing the wheezing? So it's kind of an interesting question because it may be that the children who are in the daycare center make these bacteria more common, and it may not be the daycare center itself that's causing the wheezing, but they're associated with children who have these bacterial infections. Interesting. Chicken or the egg? Well, we don't know. Right. That's that's what it is. So, and you know, sometimes, especially in our society, we become so worried about ba- about bacteria that we try to make everything as clean as we can. Right. When in fact, there can be too much. But I think if you have kids in daycare, you want to look at, for instance, how the daycare people are. But I think you want to look at the facility itself and look in the corners and see how clean it is, because mm-hmm. that may affect your children's health. You know, and your goal when you bring your kids to daycare is to have them have a good time, Mm -hmm. but also to make sure that they're safe. And this particular study shows the cleanliness of the daycare may make a difference because their risk of asthma may increase in an environment that is not as clean. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, let's go back to those phones now. This is a caller in Spokane, Washington. Hi. Hello. How are you? Good. How can we help today? Well, I had a question for Dr. Zorba. I am a longtime listener, and this is first-time caller, so I'm a little nervous. (laughs) Don't be nervous. (laughs) Don't be nervous. I'm a longtime listener, and I'm a zero-time caller, and I'm not nervous. I'm nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Well, I have an unusual thing, I think, because um, I've been to the emergency room a couple times in the last two years. Uh, for the same problem that they can't seem to figure out. I'm pretty sure it's a diverticular bleed Mm -hmm. uh, in my intestines. Why do you think that? Um, Well, um, two years ago, I was in the emergency room, and um, I was having a lot of bleeding out of my rectum. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, I mean, a lot. So that kind of got me nervous. And so I went to the emergency room here in Spokane, and they... um, didn't know what to do with me, quite frankly. They ended up admitting me to watch me overnight, um, and then they did a, a emergency colonoscopy to try and determine what was going on. Sure, okay. Um, they did find this diverticular, whatever you call it. Uh-huh. Um, diverticulum, um, a little pocket yeah. in the colon. Okay. Right, and it was bleeding from there, and so um, they still didn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they said, well, you know, it'll usually stop on its own. I said, okay, and so they sent me home when it was still bleeding. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Um, I'm, I'm listening. So they sent you home, and you were still having blood coming out. Right. And then what right. happened after that? Well, it finally, this was a couple of years ago that it happened, but it happened again recently here in the last month. Oh. Um, and they sent me home. They, they um, I also have um, hemorrhoids. Okay. And, uh, and so they were they were blaming it on that, but... It's not that. I know it's not that. So they, I went in recently, and they sent me home fairly quickly. Um, and it kept bleeding for almost three weeks before oh, it finally that's a stopped. Lot. That's a lot, bleeding for three yeah. weeks. So I'll tell you, this is, this is one of the problems and issues with rectal bleeding. So if you've got hemorrhoids... Uh, you know, they bleed. And so you wonder if you've got bright red blood, is it from the hemorrhoids? Or if you have a colonoscopy, you want to make sure there's not a cancer there. That's the, the big issue with bleeding. But they found a diverticulum, you know, that, that was bleeding from there. And sometimes it's not easy to differentiate what's going on, you know, which one it is. But bleeding, of course, is, you know, a horrible thing. So uh, did you go back to the gastroenterologist who did the colonoscopy? Um, well, the that colonoscopy was done in the hospital with one of the hospital doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, they they did um, suggest that if it didn't stop, that I should go and have a, a typical colonoscopy. And I didn't go because it stopped finally mm-hmm. after I, three I weeks. Think, I think you ought to see a gastroenterologist. I'll tell you why. So if you were my patient and you say, well, I don't know where the GI bleeding has come, I'd say let's do a full colonoscopy. Let's see if we see something on there. That'll help give the answer. Once again, it's not 100%, but if you're bleeding from the hemorrhoids, you know, if it's a diverticulum that bleeds, they generally don't do anything. But sometimes 
There are a lot of other things that it could be in your gut that's causing bleeding. There's something called an AV malformation, and that's where the arteries and veins come together, and they make kind of like a red mark. Uh, well, it's not. it actually looks like a red mark on your colon, and they tend to bleed. And so you might have that. you got to get a GI evaluation if you've got this blood and you don't know. I think going to the ER is not the right answer for this. Going to the gastroenterologist is the right answer. You need a workup. Three weeks is, is a long time. Is there anything that you can do to fix, fix well, those things? Well, first of all, if it's, if it's hemorrhoids, what you do is you get a sitz bath. So a sitz bath is a thing you fit on the john. You put hot water in it, and you sit there, and it tends to shrink the hemorrhoids. Warm water, do it a couple times a day. You can't. Nobody can get in a bathtub two or three times a day. But you can, well, people can, but it's hard to do. But a sitz bath fits on the john right on the commode with hot water, and that will often shrink hemorrhoids. So that'll give you an idea. You know, if you're still doing that and it's bleeding and it's three weeks later, my brain would say, I don't think this is from hemorrhoids. And once again, you... If it, even if it's from hemorrhoids, you could still have something else going on. Three weeks is a long time to have bleeding yeah. hemorrhoids, a long time, yeah. especially if you've not been bothered by hemorrhoids in the past. Right. You need a full workup. Good example of a, a time when you do need to see a gastroenterologist versus getting care uh, at an urgent care or ER type center. Good. I appreciate your input and your recommendation. You're, you're welcome. And thanks for calling. Have a good day. You too. Take care. Thanks so much for that call at 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, let's go to a voicemail now. This is a voicemail from a listener in Kansas. I have a question about nasal sprays. Is it better to use a non-steroid nasal spray rather than one that it has steroid in it? Thank you. Well, steroid nasal sprays are great for anybody who has allergies. They work really well. But there's an over-the-counter antihistamine nasal spray. I'm, I'm blocking on the name right now, but you can just Google it and look it up. It used to be by prescription only. And if that works, you can use that one. They're both. The steroid nasal spray is very safe, very effective. See what works for you. That generally is a more effective than the, uh, than the antihistamine nasal spray. What you want to avoid are things such as Afrin, Efren being the name brand, because those sprays you can use for two or three days at most, and if not, your nose becomes addicted to it, and when you don't use it, it sort of clogs up. So that spray you don't want to use every day for sure. 800-462-7413. Leave a voicemail. Call anytime. Leave us a voicemail. And let's do another voicemail, huh? Why not? This is a caller from Moston, Wisconsin. Tell me, what is the difference between an MRI and a CAT scan. Uh, I'd like to know what are the doctors looking for that, that they use one or the other? Thank you. I've so, had the same so, question, you actually. Know, such a good question. Yeah. So CAT scans are x-rays. MRIs don't use an x-ray at all. Magnetic okay. resonance, it's a different way of imaging. And ultrasound is another way of imaging. They're really oh. three different ways. And they all can pick up things differently. So CAT scans, when they first came out, very expensive, very slow. When I first started practice in Madison, there was a CAT scan at the University of Wisconsin. There was a CAT scan at St. Mary's, and there was a, there were three CAT scans in town. just three of them. And and what would now takes uh, what would now take three minutes to do a CAT scan took thirty minutes. They were very slow, and this wow. had to do with computerization. They've improved dramatically, but they can pick up different things. So an MRI scan can pick up things the CAT scan, and vice versa. So, for instance, when you're looking at uh, gallstones, we do an ultrasound of the gallbladder because that's the cheapest image to see if you have gallstones, uh, but, and it tends to pick them up well. I can't tell you the exact number. But CAT scans are good, but they don't necessarily pick up more than the ultrasound. And then MRIs are another way of doing it. So we use these different scanning modalities. But basically, CAT scan X-ray, MRI is magnetic resonance imaging, ultrasound uses sound, different ways of doing things that dramatically have changed medicine. And I'm going to give you a perfect example of this. When I first did medicine, we had patients who had painless jaundice. So painless jaundice is scary. Mm. Jaundice with pain often means your gallbladder has trouble, but painless jaundice often means you may have pancreatic cancer. And when I first started practice, 
We didn't have the scanning techniques to do it, and we often did exploratory surgery. We opened the person up, and then we said, oh, my God, they've got cancer all over, closed them up and didn't do anything, maybe mm. have sent them for chemo, but all of a sudden they did surgery that we didn't need to have. Now, all three scans have changed the way we do medicine today. It's far better, and these scans have made a tremendous difference in diagnosis and treatment. Interesting stuff. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, before we head out today, Zorba, it's time to log in to the Zorba Pastor On Your Health Facebook page for another edition of Facebook Feedback. Facebook Feedback. And actually, Zorba, this message could be interpreted as an infraction handed out from the pronunciation <laughs> police. The pronun- I've heard of them before. Yeah, we hear from them I quite a bit. I have heard of them before. They're All a right. bit picky. Uh, <laughs> a listener named Joan writes, listening to your recipes during mm-hmm. your show is okay. enjoyable for me. Wonderful. As I enjoy healthy cooking. Excellent. It's always a great start, right? Always a Start good out start. with a compliment. But, but, but. It's mm-hmm. actually a however this yeah. time. However. However, mm-hmm. I shudder oh, at your shudder. use of teaspoonfuls oh god teaspoonfuls teaspoon tablespoonfuls and cupfuls <laughs> etc please note when measuring you're filling spoons cups quarts and such which is their proper plural form therefore the correct usage is teaspoons full tablespoons full or Te- cups teaspoons full. full yes tablespoons full don't I do fulls do. no more fulls no. teaspoons <laughs> Teaspoonfuls? Teaspoons full. Teaspoons full. Cups full. Cups full. (laughs) This is tough. This is tough. Joan goes on, please don't pluralize the word full as fulls is not a word and is causing my shudders. At least we know what's causing your shudders. Thank you and keep up the fun. Thanks, Joan. We thought of a seizure. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, useful. That was a pretty. <laughs> that was a pretty kind email, actually. I think she. I thought it was going to be worse that's than that. Right, yeah, that's that's right. okay. You never know, though. You never know. What you do you think? Know. That's well, a good I th- point, I, right? I, I think it's a good point. Do you I, think it'll stick? Probably not. Not right? at all. Not even close. In my brain, will thirty it some stick? years. I don't no, think so. no, no way. No. Do you think no. Zorba is fulls of <laughs> something? Let us know by posting on our Facebook page or by sending us an email at wprs. O-R-G. <laughs> That's not even right. It's Zorba <laughs> at WPR.org. There you go. Want to do this again next week, Zorba? I hope so. Okay, let's do it. If you missed anything during the show or you just want to stream the show online anytime, visit us on the web. At ZorbaPastor.org and, of course, through Facebook. And don't forget you can call us anytime. 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 How long are we going <laughs> to to leave us your question at 800 462-7413. Very good. Zorba Pastor on Your Health is a production of Wisconsin Public Radio. It is not intended as a medical diagnosis, so please do check with your doc. Our executive producer is me, Carl Christensen. Our technical director is Brad Kohlberg. Our theme music is by Leo and Ben Sidron. For Zorba Pastor, I'm Carl Christensen, asking you to join us on the next Zorba Pastor on Your Health. Did you miss something on today's show? Simply go to ZorbaPastor.org to catch up on all things Zorba. There you will find recipes from the show, links to the Facebook page, Zorba's healthy living articles, and you can subscribe to the weekly podcast. On the web, that's ZorbaPastor.org.